It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. The typical retirement savings accounts like the 401ks and IRAs have early withdrawal penalties. And, and that is, if you access them before 59 and a half, you pay a 10% penalty. So if you're hoping to retire before age 59 and a half, which account should you be saving into? We're helping you with that and more on this episode of The Wise Money Show. That's right. It's a question from a fan of the show. And then following that, we've got uh, a, a whole slew of questions that we're going to be hitting from fans of the show. If you have a question or any needs, reach out to us. You can do so a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online at wisemoneyshow.com. You can submit questions right there on the website. Most questions come through the YouTube channel or social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right. So like Kevin mentioned, we're kicking off today's program with a great question from fan of the show, Paul. Here's what he asked. As someone who wants to retire early, I'm in my early 50s right now, where should I be intentionally putting money to bridge the gap between age 50 and 59 and a half? It's a great question. Get this. A fair amount of times is a really quintessential financial planning question. So before we get into the answer, why 59 and a half? What, what a weird age. It is a weird age. I think I've been asking that question my whole career. How did Congress come up with that as the age for uh, determining full retirement age uh, for, for distribution purposes? So in other words, these retirement accounts that Congress created for you to save money for retirement they say you can't access it typically until after age 59 and a half or they're going to hit you with uh, an early withdrawal penalty. Yeah. So, I, you know, and that typically is a 10% penalty as well, but there are exceptions to that. And so if, if you're planning to retire before age 59 and a half and you've been stockpiling money into a retirement nest egg that is mostly in an IRA or certain 401ks, you may not be able to access it very easily without doing a little bit of fancy footwork. And uh, we're, we're going to kind of help unpack some of that for you today. I, I suppose, you know, with that 10% early withdrawal penalty, well, let's just get into that a little bit more. Is that something that your, you know, your account charges you? No, it's a tax. Mm-hmm. So you pay it to the IRS. Basically, the money that you pull out of your account then would show up on your tax return as income. So you have to pay tax on it. And then there's an additional spot on that tax return where it says excess, you know, excess taxes due, you know, to a bunch of numbers. Yeah. And yeah. there's a form connected. And it doesn't to that. have to be for retirement is the reason that you're yeah. you're pulling the money out. If you're just pulling it out uh, with a few exceptions, if you're just using retirement dollars to go buy a car or to help you get through a, a rough patch or something, um, man, you're not only going to pay potentially the income taxes to the federal government and the state, but then this extra 10% thrown on top, it's meant to be a discourager, right? It's, it's meant to persuade you to find other uh, access to cash, but not everyone will will do so so let's get into it then uh, just open-ended uh, where if if uh if you know you're wanting to retire before age 59 and a half where should you intentionally be saving up money the first thing that i would tell you is take a look at your 401k mm-hmm. 
-hmm. take a look at the rules of your 401k. Many 401ks, yes, 59 and a half and, and all of that, but many 401ks have this special exception that if you retire in the year you turn age 55 or after, then you're able to withdraw from your 401k, have it be taxable, but there's no 10% penalty. Mm -hmm. So now, if you retire in the year you turn 54 or 53, not eligible. Mm -hmm. And and it's not like, well, okay, then I'll just wait until I'm 55. Like, I'll retire at 53, I'll wait until 55, and then start pulling out of the 401k. No, you're not eligible. That's so, right. so the first place that I would look is, do you think you'll at least work until age 55 or the year in which you turn age 55? And that's the tricky thing because if you want to – if you want to complain about 59 and a half, <laughs> I want to complain about, no, it's not you have to work until you're 55. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to work into the year that you turn 55. Yeah. And it's very interesting because if this is a possibility and you have IRA money, you might want to consider doing what I would call a reverse rollover, which is take IRA money, roll it into your 401k. You might even... Uh, you, you might even want to get a job uh -huh. uh, in, in your last year or two with a company that has a 401k. As long as it has this provision. That's Not right. all of yeah. them do. That's sure. the key. Surely. Not every single 401k lets you do this. But if yours does, man, this is kind of ace up your sleeve. This is a potential pool of money that you could access without that 10% penalty. And I, I like where you're going, though, Kevin, about utilizing the tool. I, I had a client once who... Uh, in his very last employer, he was around, I think, 56. He wanted to retire by 57 or 58. And his last employer that he was at had this provision. And he was not going to be able to save up enough uh, in that last year. Um, you know, you're limited in how much you can contribute to a 401k. And so this strategy actually applied. We, we moved money into that plan, and we were very intentional about the dollar amount mm -hmm. as well. For sure. You know, you don't have to move every single IRA dollar that you have into this special 401k. Uh, we we kind of did some math. We, we did some budgeting and said, well, what are you going to need to live uh, in those years between age 57 and 59 and a half? And uh, we ended up moving a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, mm -hmm. to, to give a little bit of cushion. So the rest of the money stayed in an IRA where you had more investment flexibility. I, I think uh, typically, as I've seen this, you're, um, you're doing the opposite, where you might access your 401k, but you're going to calculate how much you need. That stays in the 401k. Everything else rolls to an IRA. Because if you have this question, it means that you've gotten yourself ready to retire early through traditional means. Mm -hmm. Meaning saving up into mm -hmm. uh, uh, saving up your income. If you had a business that you sold and that allowed you to retire early, then you've got a boat boatload of cash. I said boatload uh, that <laughs> from from the business sale. Or if you've got a real estate portfolio that's kicking off income and that's allowing you to retire early. So then that's really a moot point, and we mm -hmm. can get into some of that. But typically, you've saved up aggressively into your four hundred one k. And you're going to work with your certified financial planner, confirm that this strategy exists for you, and then how much money needs to stay in the 401k, and then how much else can you roll out. Uh, early, early, early on in my career, I had an individual who was retiring at 56. They, we did all the math, and they have pensions as well, so they were able to retire 
they needed 30 grand a year to supplement their pensions. And so we did that math. We cut a little bit thicker slice, kept that in the 401k, everything else we rolled out to an IRA. It's a good point, though, that, you know, most people who are trying to save their way to retirement, that's hard to get it done inside of 50, 55 years. I mean, that that's some aggressive savings or maybe some great income throughout their entire working career. Most people who can retire early like that, there's a little bit more to the story. Yeah, there's a, there's some sort of a financial event. The, I mean, you know, aggressive savings, or what did you say? I don't know. But, but aggressive it, savings because they had big income throughout. Right, but I'd go back to the Bernard Paradox. You, It could be I, ha- I just manage my lifestyle incredibly well. Yeah, I'm smiling. I'm sorry. It's 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 catching on. It's catching on because I was thinking that too, Kevin. Yeah, and you even you called it the right thing. So yes, if you <laughs> if you were making decent money, but you did a great job just managing your lifestyle and your expenses, that means you saved up a lot, and it also means you don't need a lot a lot to have saved up because it's it's really you you don't need a lot to live on. So anyway, we've just scratched the surface. That's just one thing you could be doing to save up and plan for an early retirement. What are your other options? We're going to hit that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, if you're if you if you know, if you're planning on retiring before age 59 and a half, where should you be intentionally saving dollars so that you can access them and bridge the gap before reaching that age 59 and a half and having full access to all your retirement accounts. That's what we're helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Go check us out. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it or follow us there and rate the program as well. We appreciate it. All right. We talked about Kind of option one is if you think you're going to work until age 55, or at least the year you turn age 55, check to see if your 401k allows for early withdrawals without a penalty. And if so, the 401k is likely your answer. And then you've just got to decide, am I doing pre-tax or Roth? And if I am doing pre-tax and Roth, which dollars do I want to withdraw early? Mm, That's a topic for... Maybe this program, actually. (laughs) We might hit it later. (laughs) All right. If you wanted to retire before you turn age 55 or your 401k doesn't have that provision, what are your other options to create this bridge? You know, uh, my mind uh, goes to one that's universally available to everybody, and that's to just begin building up uh, investment dollars in uh, your own individual account, or it could be held jointly with your spouse. Maybe you have a trust account established, but we would throw all of those under the heading of these are ta- ta- excuse me, got a frog in my throat there. Well, <laughs> taxable accounts. Yeah. So as as compared to a tax shelter account, which is geek speak, but you need to have a tax shelter strategy. Are you using four hundred one k? Are you using Roth IRA? Are you using you know how are you going to save up for retirement? and keep Uncle Sam's hands out of it. Mm-hmm. That is, if you are um, not planful, using Kevin's favorite term, with that, <laughs> it's very possible some of your hard-earned dollars are gonna erode because you have an inefficient and ineffective tax strategy making you potentially more susceptible to running out of money too early or having to work longer than you should. But That's you could right, avoid but- that, and or, or not avoid it, but you could, in addition to that, save up into a taxable account. Exactly. The the downside to those tax shelters you're describing 
is that there's some inflexibility on, on how you can access it. But these taxable accounts, the joint account or the individual account, a normal brokerage account, you can own investments in there, whether it's stocks or bonds or mutual funds, even different types of real estate investments. All of that can be held in a, in a way that you can access it whenever you want to. Now, keep in mind, there are still tax ramifications. It's a taxable account. As you sell investments that have run up in value, there could be a capital gain there. As you earn dividends or interest uh, on the accounts, they're, they're going to be counted as income to you in the year that, that you earn them. But the point is, is that they're accessible. And so you don't have to be a certain age in order to tap into this money. And so a lot of times people will use these tools uh, as a, a pool of money that they can access during the years that they're waiting for other investments to become available, maybe during the years that they're waiting to qualify or to choose to turn on Social Security. The, the point is they can be kind of tucked in and used wherever it makes sense inside your financial plan. I mean, this does make the, the case to have a great tax strategy yeah. because you really need to know what should you be paying every year from the day you retire until the, the day you leave this earth? What should you be paying in taxes and on which buckets, if you will? Because mm-hmm. if you've got an IRA and if you've got non-IRA accounts, which one should you be accessing if you're if you're in the 12% tax bracket and you have capital gains from your individual or joint account or trust account? Those are taxed at zero percent. Yeah. So how much of your uh, of your income that you're going to use to spend should be taxed at zero percent, or at ten or twelve or twenty two or twenty four, whatever? Here, here's the issue. If you work this strategy though long enough, I'm and I'm thinking about it. What what if your game plan right now, if you've got the financial means, the discipline, um, max out your 401k at work, max out your Roth. And then squirrel away five hundred bucks or or a thousand bucks a month into a taxable account, a joint yeah. account, but a, a trust account, and just do that over time. Now, if that's you, I'm working with some folks right now where all right, they've re- able to retire early. They're going to use this this joint account to bridge before age fifty nine and a half. They've built up a decent chunk in there, but a lot of it is growth. Yeah. A lot of it is growth. And so uh, about um, you know half of it is, is growth. And therefore, yes, it, it, you might have some capital gains tax at 0%, but you're also going to still need to plan for the taxes because you're saving up in a taxable type of account. Yeah. And the way that you plan for the taxes, it, that should be an annual event that you are having with your certified financial planner. Maybe your CPA is involved as well. But uh, I, we're coming into this this season. You know, in the fall is when you would be wanting to run a tax projection and decide, hey, does it make sense for me to sell some of those taxable investments? And if so, how much? Because if you're going to end up creating some taxable income that's going to land on your return for this year, you want to know what kind of tax hit is that going to create? Is it going to make some unintended consequences, um, you know, in in other areas? So I like that idea. If you are uh, if you know the plan is to retire before age 59 and a half, and uh, I, I love the idea of having that vision early on, maxing out that 401k, that Roth, and then setting some dollars aside into this joint account, because that gives you tax diversification, uh-huh. meaning you have options. So much of financial freedom, so much of financial planning is about having lots of options available so that when you get to a financial decision, 
you can you you've got plenty to select from and you can pick the best the greatest choice among a range of good choices. So that's if you have big enough income to max out all those retirement accounts throughout your working career. There are some people that will end up having a taxable account towards the end of their career because they sold a business or maybe they received an inheritance. Maybe you had some investment properties and you started to liquidate those and this is kind of a temporary place for you to reinvest the money and use it as the bridge that Mike is referring to. So if you're, so Paul, if you're in your 50s or, or late 40s and you, you're doing the planning work with your CFP and you look and say, I, th- I think retirement before age 59 and a half is possible. I don't have enough income to both max my 401k, which I've been doing, and my Roth and save extra. Should you reduce or stop saving into your 401k or Roth and build up this taxable account. I would caution you with that, possibly, but work with your CFP and build that out. Number one, you don't want to bring those 401k contributions to zero and lose some company match. You don't want to bring them down so low that you're in the next tax bracket or that you uh, then make yourself susceptible to losing certain tax credits like uh, American Opportunity Tax Credit or, or something like that. So just be careful, be, be wary of that. Funding the Roth, I would also be careful of because another option, and I don't love it, I don't love it, but between age 50 and 59 and a half or before age 59 and a half, technically you could withdraw your Roth IRA basis. Well, yeah, I mean, you can do that at any age, though. At any yeah. age, right. right. But so, well, that which, could be part of your answer. I don't love it. Well, I, I don't either, but it's a tool in the toolbox. Because the other thing that you can do is if you said, do I stop funding my 401k? I I would say, no, don't stop funding your 401k. Uh, Fund the Roth portion of your 401k. I would tell you if you're if you're at a company right now and you're in your early 20s and you say I'm not going to stay here forever, but should I save into a 401k? I'd say save that portion into the Roth side of your 401k because that give that gives you some flexibility mm-hmm. if you are transferring between jobs to actually access some cash. I know that makes that that might hurt some people's feelings and someone might say that's a horrible idea, but I love flexibility in your financial life. That's right. So that means when you leave that employer, you can roll the Roth portion of your 401k over to a Roth IRA and you can access your Roth IRA basis whenever, right? There's there's no age limit on that. I'll tell you why we don't like that as well as talk about some other options, places you should save up money if you're planning on retiring early. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. You can draw traditionally from a pre-tax retirement account, something like that, age 59 and a half. But what if you need to draw money earlier? You're hoping to retire earlier. Where should you be saving up? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, turn on notifications. Got a lot more content than just these talk shows. All throughout the work week, we've got next wise step videos that air right there. Think about it. Could you make more progress in your financial life by listening to 10 minutes a day of wise financial principles? I hope so. That's why we've built the Wise Money Show channel. So go to YouTube, check it out, turn on notifications as well after you hit that subscribe button. All right. So planning on retiring before age 59 and a half, you know that if you access your traditional 
kind of normal retirement accounts before that age, you could have to pay a 10% penalty. And I, we've had people that have said, yep, I'm willing to do it. And we've said, no, plan around it. And they say, I don't care. Mm, I would care. I, I would. Um, so what are some ways that you can plan around it? Now, we mentioned that you could be funding a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, and you can draw out the basis of your Roth IRA at any time, no, regardless of your age. And the basis is what you put into it. Yeah, what you contributed. Now, the reason we don't like that is those dollars, typically the Roth dollars, are the last dollars you should touch because those dollars are the ones growing tax-free for growing tax-free for you. So you want them to stay in there growing tax-free as long as possible. So normal, under normal circumstances, those would be the last dollars you touch. Technically, they're available to you. I, I don't love that plan. Work with your CFP on that. What about the IRA, Kevin? Well, so you can access the IRA before 59 and a half and not pay a penalty. Uh, there are actually a number of different ways. I mean, yeah, you just have to die. Uh, uh, or well, so be, that would be your heirs accessing it. <laughs> so, no, no, so so death disability. So I've, we've had several people that come to us for financial planning, and the a, we're retiring early, and then when you start asking why, it's like, uh, well, I have a medical condition that means I can't work, and we've saved up for retirement, so you know I'm just going to retire now. Well, wait a second, if that's a disability, uh, okay, there you go. I mean, you can access the. Your IRA dollars, no 10% penalty, no problem. And it's confusing because your your ears, or at least my ears, are tempted to hear, hey, there's no 10% penalty. And what my brain says is, sweet, there's no taxes. Correct. That right. is not the case. Right. There, You will always owe income taxes at whatever rate um, you're in, whatever tax bracket you're in. Um, the question is, do you owe the bonus tax, if you will, the extra, the supplement that you, it's like yeah. the, the cherry on top, right? Uh, <laughs> will you owe that? And, and there's a couple ways to avoid that if you're, if you're paying for higher education or there's some health stuff, payback taxes, first-time purchase of a home. And it's not really even a first-time purchase of a home. You could be not in a home for two years yeah. and buy a home, use your IRA to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, up to ten thousand. So there are some some technical ways. The the way that most of us, at least in the financial planning world, think about it is okay. If I'm going to use my IRA money, traditional IRA, which is I'm going to pay tax on every penny that I take out. Um, there's a couple ways to do it. Um, one is I just tip it on the side and pay taxes over a five-year period or until 59 and a half, whichever's longer. So you say, all right, well, if I started at, if I retired at 50 and started taking it, I would have to do this until I'm 59 and a half. So take out a little bit each and every year, which you could take it out each and every month, but that's a-, a But it, it's not just a little bit. I mean, yeah. it, it's a calculated amount and you're they locking actually, yourself they in. They call it substantial. It's yeah. not a little bit. It's a substantial <laughs> amount. Substantial <laughs> and it's an equal, equal. amount. <laughs> Wow, this Periodic. is like, this and is, it is a payment. Oh, so as, as you do these, ever. as you do these substantially equal periodic payments, there it, it you're going to pay taxes, but not the ten percent penalty on it. Again, I'm doing this for five years or until fifty nine and a half, whichever is longer. Um, so if I started at fifty eight 
I'm doing it until I'm 63. So you do give up some flexibility. It's not, again, this is a tool. It's not a bad planning tool. It's called a 72T. Now, in our industry, there's there's a ton of regulation around this because there are, um, in every industry, there are a few bad apples. And there were a few bad apples in our industry that uh, went around telling people, hey, you can retire, go ahead and retire and start taking your money. Well, people got excited, they retired and rolled their money to this person. This person got paid uh, to manage the money and the poor retiree ran out of money. They didn't it's not even manage the money, kind of no. paid right. to sell them something and then they ran out because they couldn't actually retire. This, once again, it's been too long for us in this program to state uh, you need to be working with a certified financial planner, CFP, and someone that is doing comprehensive financial planning, looking at your entire financial life. So, Especially if you're considering using this exception to oh, the 10% absolutely. penalty rule. Because if you're taking a lump sum of your IRA money and you're trading that in or transferring it into uh, or, or converting it into a stream of income, a rigid stream of income that you are stuck with for at least five years or until age 59 and a half, as Kevin was explaining, um, you don't do that lightly, right? right? Because you're giving up flexibility, you're giving up options in your financial life. And yes, it is a way, a method for you to be able to afford to retire earlier. But um, there, there's some gotchas in here. There are, there's always unforeseen things that can pop up in your financial life. And the, the question is, have you kept yourself in a strong enough position to be able to recover from that or to pivot as needed? That's what your certified financial planner is there to help you with. What could go wrong? If you're considering an SEPP, a 72T, a substantially equal periodic payment, blah, blah, blah. If you're considering any of that, you're likely just thinking of the opportunity. Well, what could go wrong? Uh, what about the stock market crash yeah. 40%? And you say, gosh, I, I, I don't want to continue to pull dollars out at these, like sell shares at these low rates. I, I don't want to do that. What if you get a job, someone comes back, makes you an offer you can't refuse, and all of a sudden you're forced to continue to take money out of your IRA. Maybe you saved it into a 401k, avoiding the 22% tax bracket, and now you've got to pay 24% on it because you've got income again. What if you received an inheritance and no longer need these dollars? You're forced to continue to take them out. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you make one decision and you're stuck. That's sort of the opposite of financial planning. We want to have lots of options, but we use this and, and help people with it as well. So the substantially equal periodic payments is a way to get your IRA. One other, get, your, get access to your IRA without paying a 10% penalty. Sorry for shortcutting that. Uh, I got excited because I wanted to mention this as well. <laughs> you can have multiple IRAs and only one SEPP. Uh -huh. So you it, on your IRA, and I hope I can communicate this well, say you got a million bucks in your IRA, you can't look and say, well, I only want to calculate this withdrawal on half of it because it's all one account. But you could open up a second IRA, move some dollars from one into the other, and then calculate your substantially equal periodic payment on just that amount. These calculations, gosh, I mean, interest rates are skyrocketing right now, and we don't know where really they're going to go, when they'll stop, blah, blah, blah. But it's been an awful calculation. I mean, we went through about a decade where no one was doing this mm -hmm. because you needed so much money just to be able to get a little bit of access to it. It was just awful. Now it might be more appealing. We'll see. But if you're looking to retire before age 59 and a half, period, 
gosh, you've got to be working with a certified financial planner that's doing comprehensive financial planning. The cash flow ramifications, the what are you going to do for health insurance or mm-hmm. protection planning, tax planning, that's what we're talking about. How do you structure your investments? Can you even retire at this at this age, confidently, retirement planning and estate planning, all six areas of your financial life need to be considered. Okay, we've talked about 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, joint account. We haven't talked about my favorite. We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online at wisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show. My goodness, Paul, such a fantastic question. We're going to be talking about it for the duration here. Hopefully we get a chance to mix in another question here. But Paul's original question was, if I'm... Hoping if I know I'm going to retire before age 59 and a half, and I'm planning towards that, should I be saving money up into a different type of account so that I can access it before turning age 59 and a half? So that's what we've been answering. Now, building dollars up into a so uh, the strategy I like max fund or contribute as much as you can into a 401k, max fund your Roth, and then extra dollars be saving into a joint account a taxable account, and that taxable account can be your bridge. Now you've got options. It's not for everyone, but there's something I would add to that. Rental real estate. It's not for everyone. We've got our four laws of rental real estate. It sounds so appealing. Wait a second. I can I can buy a house and have someone else pay the mortgage? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do that. I can buy a house and just clip a coupon, have someone pay me income that's going to adjust with inflation. And by the way, the underlying assets going to adjust with inflation as well. I'll do that. They don't think about the raccoons that just burrowed into the house or the squirrels that ate through the the roof or whatever. The $10,000 cat. (laughs) What's the $10,000 cat? The $10,000 cat is you say, okay, um, I have this rental house. I'm offering it to people. No smoking, no pets, right? And so everyone that shows up, they show up with a cigarette in their mouth and a pet under their arm. Because it's not a pet. That's part of the family, Kevin. Right. All right. So <laughs> so they say, no, 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 we don't have any. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times they've said we don't have any pets. And then um, you go and visit, and you're like, oh, What's this uh, an interesting visitor here doing in your home? So you, you, you have to be into that. I think you have to have a certain temperament mm-hmm. or personality type. That's one of the laws. To be, to be good at that, or you have to just um, you know, have, a, have a property manager have that temperament on your behalf. Which if they do, they're busy and they don't have room for you. So that, that law is, uh, is I, would, I would call it you need to be okay with confrontation. You could also say be tough skin, whatever. But but listen, if you go knock on the door to give them, you know, uh, uh, some some fruit bread or something that you just uh, a fruit cake or something that you just made, and <laughs> as you as you open up, as you as you as they open up the door, their dog is barking at you. Or they've got a duck in the house or something like that, <laughs> right? Are you going to say something or not? That's that's uh, confrontational. So you need to have some cash, typically, in order if you're doing if you want to get into the rental real estate world on just other people's money, it's probably not going to work. There's not going to be enough resources there because stuff happens. Well, it could. But the the only time that it works is when you are are buying things at an, on an incredible sale. 
Yeah. So if you're using other people's money to get into rental real estate, beware. Because you just got to be lucky, though. I think I would just chalk it up to if you're using other people's money and not not like mostly other people's money, you just got to be lucky. So you got to have a lot of time. Yeah, I, I think the harder you work and the more attention you pay, the luckier you get. I, if, I, if you believe in luck. I, I, I I'm a agree. Providence guy myself. Uh, so you got to have a lot of time because it is a job. A lot of times people say, oh, I'm going to retire and uh, you know, have rental properties. Well, that's a job. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that's where I wondered if you were going. Are, are you referring to rental properties as a store of value or a, a, a kind of a builder of value? Or is it an income stream to help you bridge the gap? To me, I like if, if you're going to retire before age 59 and a half, are you reti- like that's you can only play so much golf. You can. I, and so I, my guess is you're leaving something high stress job, high demanding job. You've made a lot of money. You've been able to save a lot. And you might have time on your hands. And so I wonder rental real estate being a yes, it would take a lot of time. It's it's going to be a job to you, but you're doing it for yourself and at your own time and pace, except for 2 a.m. when they call you and tell you that, you know, toilet broke or something like that. Um, but it's good income stream that can keep up with inflation and so on. Because if you're retiring before age 59 and a half, inflation might be your biggest problem for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true for every retiree, but you're just subjecting yourself to it a lot earlier if you're retiring in your 50s. So the idea would be, and gosh, you've got to have a, a clear vision. You've got to be really disciplined during your working years, saving up into that 401k, saving up into that Roth IRA, and getting a rental portfolio or a couple rentals going because likely you're not going to have enough cash to buy it outright. But So you're going to need to leverage some of it. But if that leverage is still sitting in the way of that income getting to you by age you know, 55 or whatever, then it's not going to work. So getting that rental portfolio started early enough where you can get it unencumbered and debt-free by the time you retire and have that income be income to you. Yeah, it, right. And I'm just going to go, you know, there are all these these fire guys, right? Financial independence, retire early. And they're like, hey, I retired. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Well, you look like you're working pretty hard here. <laughs> Whether you're a YouTube influencer or you have a, a portfolio of rental houses or fill in the blank. Uh-huh. So I, I do think it is important to figure out what is what what is your income? What what are the various sources of income? Rental real estate could be one of them or investment portfolio could be one of them. There are lots of different, I mean, you, Mike, you said you can only golf so many hours a day. You know how many folks I know that have retired and um, went to work at a golf course? I mean, that that's they actually kind of like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different possibilities. That's yeah. a good point that, you know, just because you're retired doesn't mean that you are done earning income. Right. Um, maybe, maybe that's part of the bridging of the gap as, as well. So, so were rental properties really your favorite? Yeah, I just because to me, it, again, at, if you're retiring um, halfway through your life, you've got to find a way to bridge, you know, income, create income for yourself before Social Security and all of that, and so that provides in, that provides some income. And ideally, that income can be adjusted for inflation over time. Yep, that checks the box as well. If you're retiring at that age while you're still young, you've got time on your hand. So I, I like that. Now, I don't think it applies to most people, mm-hmm. but it is my favorite. So those four laws of rental real estate, got to have some cash. It's going to take some time. You got to have some know-how. That's the one that we haven't hit. You got So that's where I would probably 
you know, uh, dis- be disqualified. <laughs> it, because if the toilet, if, if at 2 a.m. the toilet stopped working, I would have to call someone. I would not be able to fix it myself. And that reduces your margin. And it's very possible then the plumber comes out and says, you know, yeah, your the carburetor belt on your <laughs> toilet is, is no longer working. That's going to be $5,000. And I would say, oh, yeah, sounds legit. Here you go. Because I, no, I have no idea. So if you don't have that know-how, you'll like, your margins will be squeezed because you'll have to pay for everything. And likely you'll get taken to the cleaners. Or you'll overpay because you just don't you just don't know. And then the the last law of rental real estate is you gotta you gotta have that thick skin. You gotta be okay with confrontation. So there's not a lot of people that meet that criteria, mm-hmm. and let alone meet that criteria and have the wherewithal to retire before age fifty nine and a half. But if so, gosh, well, and the ones that, the ones that do make it look easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you talk to them, and we're like, yeah, well, you know, we got 50 houses and, you know, this and that and everything. You're like, oh, man, that's awesome. That, I guess I could do that, too. Uh, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. Because the, I mean, to me, the, the, the one magical ingredient it, it related to rental real estate is time. Like, you have to have time like Bear has aspirin. I mean, you just, you really have At to. At unexpected times as well, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you never know when something's going to go wrong in one of the properties and you've got to be responsive. Time to spare. So, yeah, yep. that's, that's key. Uh, you know, part of this is kind of mixing into the five factors of your retirement. So determining whether you can retire at that age confidently and where you should be funding dollars to be able to draw from all that's got to be baked in your five-factor retirement plan that you're planning that you're 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 planning for from a very early age. Josh, let's let's break down those five factors. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking today about this question from one of our listeners who said, I'm, "I want to retire in my 50s before age 59 and a half." And so you've already defined what your time horizon is for starting retirement which means you've also defined how long retirement's going to be. The earlier you start, the longer retirement will be because we assume that your expiration date, the end of retirement is already defined. You don't know how long it will be, but you need to be prepared for retirement to be measured in decades, not years. Although I have had some folks down in Florida say, uh, the earlier you retire, the longer you're going to live just because you have less stress and more enjoyment and all that. So who knows? That's an interesting theory. I think they were trying to talk me into buying a house down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it your parents? Uh, yes. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, age that you retire, the amount that you spend is also one of the most critical variables that you have some control over. You know, how, how uh, long is the bridge between when you retire and when you can start tapping into all these assets that we've been talking about? That's a, that's a question. But it's also a function of, well, how much demand are you going to place on your resources, on your nest egg? It, it's a function of how much spending are you going to be doing? If, if you don't have that calculated, you can't answer this very question of where should you be saving up dollars to bridge uh-huh. the gap between 59 and a half. That's a product of, well, how much do you need? That's right. That's right. Uh, Income sources is the third area, and that's another one of the key variables here. Uh, How much of a a bridge is there? Do you just need a little bit of a supplement because you do have a rental real estate portfolio? Or a pension. Yeah, pension is, or a second job. Maybe you have a a side business that's still going to be operating even after you retire from your main career or something. So your sources of income uh, are, are also a key. Again, it 
the, the more income that you know you can depend upon, the less demands you're placing on your, your nest egg. Um, but then how much are you saving between here and there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about where should you be saving, um, but, but how much is also one of the key questions that you need to be answering way back at the beginning of your career. How much do you need to be accumulating out of every single paycheck every single year to build up the nest egg to even give yourself a shot at being able to retire in your in your 50s? Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, w- what is the investment game plan that you're following? How much risk are you willing to take? Um, how much volatility are you willing to stomach at times for the sake of getting a greater growth trajectory and building that nest egg for the future? Yeah. And those are the five factors. They're interrelated. So, right, by this very question, we're talking about, you know, retiring early. So that's age. You've defined that. Well, that influences what your choices are or what you need to decide in the other four. That likely means, well, you probably will need to spend less. You know, better have a dialed-in budget. Maybe you've got to look at uh, rental real estate or, or other income sources. Maybe you've needed to save up aggressively early on, so that, that fourth factor, or take more investment risk. But one decision in one area will influence the other. So work with your CFP, build out that five-factor retirement plan, and retire with confidence. All right, that's all the time. We have for today, on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. So, gosh, this is going to be an entire stinking show. We love to talk. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.